Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 37 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis, and um, today we have a tough topic. We're going to talk about fibromyalgia in orthopedics. Now, most of the folks listening to my podcast are healthcare providers. And uh, so we are going to talk about, you know, how do we evaluate fibromyalgia? How do I, how do we identify it? And what do we do with it? Now, if you are a patient who happens to pick up on this podcast, um, you need to remember that uh, this is uh, for medical providers. Uh, you can certainly listen to it. You can learn a lot from this. Um, none of what I'm going to uh, say today is going to be demeaning in any way. Um, we are going to talk to you about the facts of uh, fibromyalgia and, um, you know, uh, and, and I'll talk to you about my experience and how to treat it and how to take care of it and what works and what doesn't work. Um, so again, you know, a real tough topic. And unfortunately, there's a stigma associated with fibromyalgia that I, I really don't like. Um, I find that uh, people are scared to be diagnosed with fibromyalgia. They uh, hear nightmares about the diagnosis and the fact that it is difficult to identify. Uh, and um, so I really try to, when I see these patients who have fibromyalgia, or maybe they don't even know that they have fibromyalgia, they come in as an orthopedic patient and they have chronic pain uh, and uh, we kind of identify it. Uh, and so that happens uh, often. Early on in my podcast show, I can't remember if it was, um, you know, within the first 10 podcasts, I, I think it was actually within the first three or four podcasts, I talked about why patients don't get better. Okay. And one of the reasons in the seven to eight reasons why patients don't get better is a myofascial pain syndrome. So a patient uh, has treatment for an orthopedic condition and they are just not responding like they should respond to a normal sprain or strain or, or issue like that, but they're just not getting better. You need to start thinking, well, why is that? Is there, is there, a, did I misdiagnose them? Are we treating the wrong problem? Um, or is there some sort of a myofascial issue here that continues to cause an excessive amount of discomfort in a certain area. And that is why they are not getting better. Um, and so that is something that you need to be thinking about when you see this patient who is not showing some improvement. So this is a real problem. Okay. We see this all the time. Um, there are physical issues associated with fibromyalgia and psychological issues associated with fibromyalgia. And I think a combination of the two of them can uh, can cause some problems. The, fibromyalgia doesn't just happen overnight. Okay, This is something that comes on over a long period of time. We see it uh, more often in women than we do in men. We find that um, you know, they have hypersensitivity to touch. Maybe they don't sleep very well. Um, they are high stress people and, um, always kind of worrisome, worry about a lot of things. And, um, and so, you know, when we, when we see these folks and they're not getting better, then what the first thing I do is I just start, you know, asking questions. Have you had any hardship in your life? Any, uh, high stress, uh, issues that would have, that would cause you to, you know, have some, uh, prolonged discomfort or maybe some depression. And uh, oftentimes these folks come out with uh, scenarios and situations that could certainly contribute to um, a high stress um, type of atmosphere. And so 
the first thing I do is, is when I evaluate these patients, I try to find some of the physical issues that contribute to fibromyalgia. So most of these folks will have hypersensitivity to touch, or maybe you're checking their blood pressure and you know you really don't have it pumped up that high, but they're getting very antsy. They, they feel like they're suffocating. They don't like the pressure on their arm and it really bothers them a lot. Um, others, um, you hit trigger points. Okay. Now the common trigger points are like the, the uh, extensor carpi radialis, brevis, muscle belly, um, the upper upper traps, the rhomboids, uh, the gastroxoles complex, periformis, hamstrings. You poke all those areas, you know, kind of gently, and they go through the roof, and they're painful on both sides, and they're very hypersensitive to touch. Uh, maybe you're assessing a rotator cuff, and you're barely touching them, but it's very, very painful for them. Those folks, you need to be starting to think about a myofascial pain syndrome, okay? So basically, you know, the, the nervous system is hypersensitive to touch and to palpate and to pain. Um, and this can be exacerbated by psychological uh, issues and psychological stress. And so when I, when I evaluate these patients and I talk to them and I say, you know what, I'm suspicious that you have this, but I don't want you going and reading books about it right now. And I don't want you going to take classes or support groups or anything like that, because you really don't need to do that because there are many people out there with fibromyalgia. And I tell them they can get better. You can live the rest of your life with fibromyalgia, but what you need to do is make sure that you are functional with fibromyalgia and that you can do stuff. And then you have quality of life. Um, People will say, well, my pain moves around. It moves from this area to that area. That's another sign that they have signs of fibromyalgia or myofascial pain syndrome. So the way we treat this is we start with expectations. I tell them, number one, you're not going to get better overnight. Number two, you're going to be placed on a program. It's going to be an active program. I don't like to treat patients with soft tissue modalities and passive treatment. Passive treatment, meaning you're on a table, you're getting massages, you're getting hot packs, you're getting ultrasounds, you're getting acupuncture. Uh, it doesn't really matter what it is. I get them off the table. Now, I may use some modalities to get from point A to point B to give them some relief or to make them feel a little more comfortable. But ultimately, they will be exercising. They will be getting the two Ps in a good workout, puffing and perspiring, okay? And I make that very clear to them. If you look at um, literature on managing chronic pain, it comes down to realigning muscle fibers, getting blood flow to the tissues, fighting gravity, improving cardiovascular endurance, and being functional. Okay. And so I make sure that I make that clear to them that they're going to have to work at some point. Now I'm not mean about it. Um, the other thing that I do is I, I, I put a program together that is positive and goal oriented. Okay. I don't make a program that they can't attain or achieve. So my goals may be a lot smaller than the regular patient, uh, without fibromyalgia and I make them attainable. Okay, because the positive um, response to achieving these goals is huge. Okay, and you as a therapist or provider can be very, very instrumental in guiding these patients to a more positive atmosphere um, and environment and get them to be a little more functional and achieve and, and, and positively achieve. The other thing that I find that is very huge with uh, treating chronic pain, myofascial pain syndromes, or fibromyalgia is sleeping better. Now, I'm not a pharmacist. I'm not a physician. I'm not a, a medical uh, provider. I'm a physical therapist. I can't prescribe medication. Um, but I do know that those who sleep better and maybe take medication to help sleep better, like trazodone or Ambien or anything like that, they seem to function better. They seem to have less pain. Okay. Other folks um, that I find that have really good response uh, with medication are, are 
patients who have fibromyalgia who take gabapentin, Neurontin, or a medication of that sort like Lyrica, um, they seem to have less neural discomfort. And when they have less neural discomfort, they can function better. Therefore, if you are functioning better, you are moving better, you're using your muscles, you're moving your joints, you're naturally going to release natural endogenous opiates, um, and, and that helps to decrease your pain. Um, you then start to have the sense of, hey, I can achieve this. I can walk better. I can move better. I can lift better. I can, I can do more. Um, and just that positive feedback will be super, super helpful. The other thing that I like to encourage is pool therapy. Now, because you can, uh, you have less uh, active compression of the joints, it's a little buoyant, the compression of the water in your body can be helpful. And then you can move multiple joints, multiple muscles all at one time. And it's a very effective form of treatment for fibromyalgia. So pool therapy, a positive um, program, a goal oriented program uh, can be very, very helpful. And again, I try to avoid the passive treatment, passive modalities. What we do here in our clinic, and we have the luxury of having a fitness center as, uh, attached to our clinic, is that once they are done with physical therapy, and I tell them, you will not be completely rid of uh, fibromyalgia between now and six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, whatever it might be. But when you get done, you need to be on a maintenance program, a functional maintenance program. So what we do with those folks is we transition them out of physical therapy into a fitness program that is customized to them something that they can do, something that they can follow. And they still have access to us to ask questions about how they can maybe add an activity, add an exercise, modify uh, their program. And uh, we can help kind of uh, coach them through that. So it's, um, it, it's a, it can be a very difficult diagnosis to treat. I try to not focus on pain all the time. So these pain scales that we're supposed to ask patients, I'm really not a big advocate of that uh, because it makes them focus more, okay? So I don't ask them, how much pain are you having today? I'll say, hey, what'd you do over the weekend? You know, did you do anything um, outside? Did you get out or do anything functional or, or did you get a chance to exercise a little bit? And you kind of get them thinking in that direction. So functional restoration is huge. So um, that is my input from experience in treating fibromyalgia in the orthopedic uh, patient. And we oftentimes are the ones who identify it uh, in the clinic. And um, so it's important that you identify it because you can treat something to you blue in the face. Here's a little story for you, actually, before we uh, cut out today. Um, we had a young lady who had uh, bilateral uh, plantar fasciitis. And I'm doing air quotes here bilateral plantar fasciitis. And um, she went two years with bilateral foot pain, three to four weeks prior to coming to see us. And coming to see us was a seven and a half hour trip, a ferry trip, and uh, then a road trip uh, to get to us. So seven and a half hours she traveled to come visit us um, to meet with myself, uh, my colleague, and a uh, podiatrist. And she came over with her sister, said that she tried everything in the book. She tried the Strasbourg sock, night splints, plant, uh, physical therapy, acupuncture, chiropractic care, insoles in her shoes. She spent $1,000 on different types of shoes, tried to do everything. The last two to three weeks was actually crawling around her house because her pain was so bad. So we evaluated this patient to find that she, yeah, she did have tenderness at her feet, but she also had tenderness in her calf muscles. She had tenderness in her lateral epicondyles, or not epicondyles, but in the extensor carpi radialis brevis. She had tenderness in her upper traps. Um, 
right away identified uh, the personality type that she was, um, seemed to be high stress and, uh, and those types of issues. And so um, we had identified that she had fibromyalgia and no, no wonder she didn't get better. I mean, the amount of time and money she spent over the course of two years was unbelievable. So we sent her to a rheumatologist and uh, lo and behold, uh, was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, took uh, a, a regime of uh, medication, put her on a functional program and uh, made some recommendations for her and she did significantly better. And um, it was simply because we had identified that um, what looked like a duck and walked like a duck and quacked like a duck was not a duck and um, and made uh, some changes. And so uh, identifying these things can be extremely life-changing for uh, folks. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And um, if you have any questions, uh, please contact me at orthovalpal.com and um, ask any question. Or if you have any particular topic you'd like to talk about, let me know. Uh, So again, thanks for watching episode 37, Fibromyalgia in Orthopedics. And I will uh, hopefully um, hear from you soon. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.